0: Welcome to the Modernizer Dive Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the ColdFusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Dive Podcast, the CFML News Edition. It's January 12th, 2021. Welcome back, Eric.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back. It's been a nice holiday break.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen you since last year. But I have to get one more in.
1: (laughs) If we have a different host on next week, you'll be able to use it a third time, Gavin.
0: Yeah, maybe you can use it with Brad next week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, thanks everyone for joining us. And uh, we'll start off by just thanking our sponsors real quick. Thanks to Auto Solutions. Without them, we couldn't make this podcast. Uh, One way you can say thanks back to order solutions is by checking out cfcast.com which is our video content service we release new content every week and we got some more for you a little later on we'll tell you about that and also thanks to our patreon supporters so we have actually 60 percent of our uh, funding for this podcast comes from our patreon supporters so if you go to patreon.com slash order solutions you can find a package that might work for you if you want to spend your own hard-earned money to support us in this podcast and everything else we do at orders Okay, so news and events uh first up we got a online cf meetup this week. It sounds like a another ask me anything with Charlie and Dan Wilson so you your hat Dan wilson uh hosting that again and just want to make sure you know it's a cold fusion ask me anything so keep it a uh, keep it clean uh, but <laughs> <laughs> on topic yeah um they have a, uh, you know, obviously those, they're both very well experienced. Charlie troubleshoots daily for customers and Dan Wilson's been in ColdFusion and part of the, a lot of conference organizations and uh, speaking for years. Um, so a lot of, a lot of wealth of, uh, knowledge there between those two. So this Thursday, January 14th, uh, 11 a.m. to 12 uh, central time, they'll be there for any of your ColdFusion questions. So, um, Usually they, they charge good money for their services, so use as a good way to, to pick the brains of some, some experts there.
1: That's right. Also, in case you missed it, last week's online Confusion meetup, it was tell building your own tools with Command Box with Matt Clemente. Um, there is a recording on YouTube that we'll put on here, but if you want to go check that out, I believe it was more of a uh, how do you say it, less of a presentation more of a kind of code along
0: yep and then uh, Charlie did want to make sure that we mentioned there is actually a form for the questions and I'll get that uh, in the show notes as well and that way you can ask the questions in advance and they're going to take a little more time to get it uh, get those questions answered for you and they ask me anything so I'll I'll definitely include that I'm posting it into the the chat right now we have that in the show notes as well so Thanks, Charlie, for reminding me about that. We did not mention that. Okay. So, yeah, with uh, Matthew Clemente's uh, session on YouTube, don't forget that every other session, and there's like 270-plus of them, are also on YouTube and Charlie's playlist. So uh, you could spend a couple of months probably watching nonstop. So <laughs> a lot of great content <laughs> over the years. And it's kind of cool to go back and see some of the old stuff, too. Uh, but, but yeah, a lot of great speakers over a long period of time. So
1: We have a save the date here for Friday, January 22nd. It's the first ORDIS webinar of the year. It's going to be on Command Box Task Runners. Grant is going to lead us through that. So that is a great way to utilize Command Box and CFML to do those um, command, make some command line programs, one off tasks for your repos, anything, build processes, things like that.
0: Yeah, we definitely use these quite a lot. We've got several task runners that we have in our build processes for generating artifacts, documentation, even running out tests, You know, setting up uh, environment variables, et cetera, before we run out tests, stuff like that. So they're definitely real useful. So uh, if you haven't checked them out, task runners are awesome so much easier than writing uh, Bash scripts yourself. ColdFusion scripts are so much better.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we've we've been taken to converting many of our our build tools, which, I mean, we've run the gamut, right? We've had build tools all the way back. I remember when I started at Ortis having like an ant build. Um, (laughs) Still still don't know how ant works. (laughs) Um, You know, some were just all Bash running on Travis, and now we are moving towards using... Task runners a lot, so yeah, we start up a you know a shell environment, but then we just start up command box and run our a task runner. Really easy to keep in the repo to understand. I, I love this, and you can learn a lot from Grant on these.
0: Yep, it's a good one for sure. So uh, definitely check that out. Um, If you go to the autosolutions.com slash events, you can uh, check out all the events there. And on the webinars page, you have that as well as some of our previous webinars, you can link to them, which are all on CF cast. So definitely check those out. Okay. And
1: You had a couple uh, blog posts this week, or is that right, Gavin?
0: Yeah, so uh, I compiled a few things, and so we thought we'd spotlight them, because if you listen to the podcast, you'll probably appreciate these two, especially. So what we've done is we've taken uh, all of our episodes from 2020 and compiled the the 50, because we had 50 episodes in 2020, we had 50 Forgebox modules of the week, and made a nice blog post of all of those great things all in one place. And we also did 50 VS Code hints, tips, and tricks of the week from our 2020 podcast as well. So, basically, um, all those episodes out there, uh, you know, are, are compiled into one big blog post. So now you've got all everything you need, basically, in one place. So, uh, a lot of a lot of great content, a lot of cool stuff in there. So, definitely. Definitely go check those out. If you've missed a couple of episodes, uh, you should go listen to them again. But uh, um, you can also just look right there. So remember, they are in our show notes every week, available on our podcast website as well. So if you want to go one by one, you can. But um, we have these here. And we actually have 2019s up on the Audis website as well. But um, pretty cool to, to see all of those there. So that's a lot. It's kind of crazy to see how many we go through. And this year, we we'll right. keep doing it. Okay. So next up, we have CS Cast update. So Eric, since this is sort of your baby, I'll let you give the update for this.
1: My baby. Yeah, so we have two uh, content updates we want to talk about this week. The first one is what's new with Coldbox 6. This is a free series going through some of the additions added to Coldbox 6. Uh, It is being added to, so this is not the complete list but you can check that out now. The other one is the Into the Box Latam videos from 2020. Uh, There's 14 videos, 11 hours of content, all free. Though you may find it um, a little hard to find on your site because it is in Spanish. And by default, if your browser language is English, we're not showing you Spanish videos. On that browse screen, go ahead and just click the El Salvador flag, which is what we use to represent Spanish on our site with all of our great El Salvadorian uh, co-workers. And then you will see those videos pop into the list beneath you.
0: Yep, for those watching at home, I'm gonna show you where that button is here. You can see the Espanol button. And we turn off the English, and you'll see they all pop to the top of the list right here. So you can have both turned on. Uh, as Eric said, uh, you can browse and select that. And if you're logged in, there's actually preferences for it. And there's also a little globe here, which will set your browser language as well. So uh, if you're searching for them and you can't see them, it's probably cause it's not turned on right here. So.
1: If you would like to always see both English and Spanish videos, like Gavin said, in your profile, you can set that as your preference. That way you don't have to click on the flag each time. We'll just do that for you.
0: Yep. So we're going to add a Portuguese flag too, because I know one of those videos in the Latam series was Portuguese.
1: <laughs> I guess maybe we should. <laughs> um, we've been saving those flags until we uh, translate the site into that language. So maybe that's our first step.
0: Yeah, I'm just teasing. So it's, it's good to see different content, different languages, even though I can't speak anything other than English, and even that's pretty poor sometimes. <laughs> okay, so next up we have our conferences and training. So, uh, last week we gave you a heads up on what Otis is planning, but we actually have some conferences as well. Um, so first one we're going to talk about, um, is VS code day. And so VS code day is, uh, basically a basically a, VS code team and community event live. Uh, it's going to be held, uh, online and they're going to have two sessions. So you can watch it live on January 27th. Um from 8 a.m. to about 10.30 a.m. So they're just short little 30-minute sessions. they got five or six sessions. And then they're going re- li- to uh, restream it um, with live Q&A. So if you want to ask more questions, the actual speaker uh, will be out there to answer as well. And that'll be uh, ten p uh, sorry 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Pacific, so later that night for different time zones. So that's available at uh, code.visualstudio.com slash VS Code-Day, which we'll share in the the chat as well and then uh, that's a a pretty cool event again free so definitely one to check out then another one dev nexus which brad and louise have been to every year for i don't know the last four or five years and they love it Uh, so that one's going to be online virtual february 27th uh sorry february 17th at devnexus.com so that looks like a, a lot of really really well known uh, people in there, and a ton of sponsors. It's crazy how many sponsors they can get at a conference um, but, <laughs> I, but yeah. I guess
1: when you're as big a language as java
0: <laughs> yep, and um, that's the good thing about this too. They have uh, a lot of different variety, and I know Luis and Brad like getting a comparison with some of the other frameworks and other libraries and how they do things, and you know even tying into you know, java from ColdFusion, uh, they get a lot out of that conference and Uh, It's kind of neat that it's free and online. That's one of the perks of COVID, right? A lot more online conferences.
1: Yeah, good job looking for the the silver lining, Gavin. I was just sitting here thinking how sad I was that we're in the second round, the second year of online conferences. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, I guess they didn't start fully till like, what, March, but still. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, you want to give us a recap of some of the things we're planning for orders for the year?
1: Yeah, the, the dates are still being worked out to be as ideal as possible, but we have some Ordis workshops coming this year. Uh, the first one will be a quick workshop led by myself. That's coming here, I believe, early March. We're also looking to bring back our Coldbox Zero to Hero and Coldbox Hero to Superhero, as well as adding a command box Zero to Hero workshop. Yep. Um, additionally, we have our conference plans, which will give you some tentative dates here. But of course, um, dates are subject to change. Right now, we're trying to work around the current global pandemic. So we are planning an Orders Developer Week online in May. Uh, Orders Developer Week for those who are first hearing about it here is a online uh, one week of sessions presented. So um, kind of like the webinars or the CF meetup kind of format, but given a few of them each day during the week. In August, we hope to do an into the box for Europe, which will actually be a virtual live European summit in August, and then cross your fingers, everybody. And uh, we hope to do an on-site into the box in Houston in September. That's our our hope right now, that things can progress to the point that that's feasible. And then bringing back into the box LATAM this December.
0: Yep, that's uh, that's our plan. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it, a lot of good content. And obviously, we're always trying to get a lot of great content out to you and include the community in all of those events as well. So uh, we're, we're still planning. Um, but as soon as we have some dates, we'll we'll get that out to you. So, but pencil it in where we got some good content coming your way, but I also want to mention if you're looking for more conferences cause you can't get enough. Uh, we often put this comps.tech link at the bottom of our um, conferences section. And if you look in here, look at all the different options they have. I mean, there's tons and tons of different languages and locations, uh, a ton of online ones. But just if you look through January, they've got two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16. So they've got stuff for, um, you know, JavaScript. They've got some, the Laracon, uh, European, uh, online conferences coming as well. There's a Node con- Congress, there's a PHP. It's a lot of different things. Uh, iOS, so a lot of Fusion developers obviously do other things too. And so there's a lot of great content coming up, uh, as well. So if you're looking for more, you, know, you want to find out some other stuff, um, definitely check that out. There's a lot of good content in there. Let's we'll make sure we get ours put put in there as well. They have yeah, some I'm of just the developers. looking at that.
1: Weeks. They'll take pull requests to add to their data, but I need to figure out how to pull requests their site to add in uh, CFML as a topic.
0: Yeah, that'd be good for sure. To because I figure
1: if you, you got you got them all up there, you got GraphQL. That's I mean that's has to be smaller. Maybe not. I take that back. Yeah. But still, it feels like we could fit ours in there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It looks like it's something for sure. There's there's quite a few good languages in there. So I'm sure we could get it added to the list. But, yeah, so that's always another option, too, if you're looking for something else or something extra. But there's plenty of places out there. It's kind of nice to have, you know, a list of a lot of good content. So, okay. So next up on our list, let's get into our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So the first two we already covered, those are those uh, 50 Forgebox modules of the week and the 50 VS Code hints, tips and tricks of the week. So we won't talk about those too much more, but we do have a few other ones we'll like to share. And so one of them right here is generating new line delimited JSON uh, using JSON object from MySQL. So I hadn't actually heard this term until he wrote a couple blog posts uh, the other week about um, Angular, and so we don't share a lot of the Angular stuff on here. But it was kind of interesting to see uh, how that's, I guess, becoming pretty popular. Have, have you heard much about the new line delimited, Jason?
1: Um, I have. Usually, with regards to like huge files, um, my understanding is the biggest thing, uh, one of the bigger. Benefits of it is you can stream the file in and know that each line is an item instead of having to wait till you've loaded the whole file.
0: Yeah, so the the big difference between it is usually if you have an array of you know JSON objects, you basically have the the wrappers around it and the commas between them. But I mean, yeah, it's just kind of strange that it's getting more and more popular. I just hadn't heard of it, but always something happening that out there. So and so and here he was just. Uh, Walking through um, some MySQL using the select JSON object. Now you can basically select items into it. And so you can select uh, the fields directly into the JSON object. You can even do things like Unix timestamp and then, you know, formatting and everything. And then just select it as the payload. And then uh, the neat thing is it just spits it out um, line by line for each one and it's ready to go essentially. So, um, it's pretty neat. Like I said there's a lot of cool JSON um, tools and features in MySQL, especially once you hit 5.7, and I'm sure in, in 8 is even more. Um, so, again, a nice little little tool if you're starting to work with MySQL and JSON. There's a lot of great things in there. It's just a another simple way for you to, to basically generate your own JSON objects on the way out.
1: Right, yeah, and the JSON stuff... Um... It's different for each database grammar, but if you're using, I think it's SQL Server 2016, um, Postgres has probably had it forever and they'll shove it in your face, or MySQL 5.7. I think Oracle, I don't remember versions anymore. Oracle, you have to be on like 12 or C, I don't remember. But each of them have their own versions of these JSON functions, which is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like them. Uh, I've been using Postgres for a couple of clients, and they've definitely got some pretty slick tools in there. Um, but yeah, they've had it forever. I know that much. So very cool. Okay. So next up, we have one from Will DeBruin. So let's share yeah, that.
1: Will this, Will this week published a new Forgebox package. Um, excuse me, his first official Forgebox package. Uh, CBI-18N, which stands for internationalization, JSON resources. So I believe this is a um, expansion on Ortis' CBI-18 module and adding in a few niceties, such as using JSON files instead of Java property files, um, hierarchical resources, uh, using directories for resources, some nice stuff. I know that he's also been working with us at Ordis to get this merged into the official CBI18N library, but it's really nice that open source means he doesn't have to wait for that. Yep. Right? He can take the code, he can publish it. It's open source. It's free to anybody to modify and publish their own. I think that's really awesome.
0: Yeah, I know that him and Luis have been going back and forth on pull requests and everything, because as he mentioned, he uh, he rewrote everything from tags to script and you know a lot of different pieces in there, so it's a it's a big rewrite and so i know that he's been working uh along with Luis, you know, working on that and Luis says it's uh pretty lo- uh, pretty ready to go. It should be coming out pretty soon too. So that's good to see a, a new version coming out soon and thanks Will for all the work he does. He does a lot of work with this because obviously i18n is important especially with uh you know, a lot of your European uh customers have to deal with languages a lot more than we do here. So uh, he's worked really hard on this. And yeah, there's some cool features in here. Um, I definitely like yeah, the idea of JSON.
1: I, I've i been dealing a lot more with internationalization lately over on CFCAS. And most of ours was in Vue. And one thing I've noticed with Will's improvements here is it kind of brings the Ordis module up to modern standards. Um, a lot of the things in here are things I got used to in Vue. And I remember when I had to come back to using the Ordis one, I thought, oh. Well, it would be nice if these work the same. And with Wills, they do. I'm yeah. excited to get this merged into the Ordis one as well. But in the meantime, I'm glad that this can be out there for everybody else. Because, you know, Ordis, we have a lot of modules. We have a lot of things to juggle. And sometimes, a, what is the phrase? It's something about a big ship turning slowly. I don't remember it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. And I see I know that uh I know that they've been working hard and Will's been great working back and forth with Luis on this just to get everything up and ready. Uh as he mentions in this um, blog post too, that module is, you know, relied upon when several different other modules. So when we bump that we have to update other modules too so they all stay in line. Um but yeah, good to good to see that, and uh, he he mentioned he did update a lot of the documentation too. So that's always a, a big helper for us. You know, a lot of things going on. It's great when not only the pull requests and you know fix code, but the documentation is vital as well. So looking forward to that. So we'll let you know as soon as it gets released uh, as the the main module too. Okay.
1: Uh, next one, we have an article from Gray Desmond called Warm-Up Sketches. And here he talks about uh, an analogy between the warm-up sketches an artist will do to kind of get their creative juices flowing and what we can do as developers. He lists a few resources that we've liked to talk about in the past, like Code Wars. He mentions uh, Hacktoberfest or Advent of Code, or even going to your own code and doing some refactorings as ways of warming up for the day i thought that was a really great analogy
0: yeah i had a habit there for a while trying to do a code wars every morning before i got started just to do a little puzzle something fun just to get moving and whatever and it, it was it was good i think it really does help uh, it's better than going and reading your email before you start work that's for sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> but one of them to. motivates you the other <laughs>
0: yep exactly so.
1: I think I'd like doing the same thing, with, especially with Cold Wars until, I don't know if I just got more advanced ones, but I'd get to some where they take me, you know, yeah. an hour to figure out. And I thought, you know, an hour isn't much of a warm up. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of just work. So Yeah,
0: exactly. Some of the, the short little puzzles make you think or whatever. They're definitely, definitely got some positives in there. Okay, so next up here, we have a little blast from the past. A few of you around might remember Adam Cameron. Uh, He's still blogging, not as much as he was before, and definitely not much on ColdFusion, but this one here I thought might be interesting for for those out there. So he's been working on getting um, a website, a Vue.js website up and running, um, backed by PHP 8 and and MariaDB, um, but running in Docker containers. And so this blog post is, is... especially is referring to some of the bash environment changes that he made because he was getting a little frustrated with uh you know doing so much in bash and docker so i thought this might be useful and uh, some of the other things might be too he's gonna be looking um, through some of the other pieces um but yeah i thought it was interesting to to get in there and, and make some changes to your to your bash setup and looking through docker and, and everything um so some of these may be of interest to to you guys there. So it's good to see Adam's still blogging uh, and he's being his normal Adam self. But uh, <laughs> um, some good content in here as usual. He's real thorough. A lot of good content. So definitely check that that out. And if you're looking at Docker too, he has to have some Docker stuff that he's been playing with lately as well. So good to see good to see more content out there. And hope he's doing well. Next up, we have a tweet. So, um, basically, there's a a deal um, that's going on right now. Um, Julian Duker, I don't know how to say this name, um, released a new book and had a a giveaway, but in his tweet, he also mentioned that if you missed out on that, it's okay. There's a 40% off coupon. So, if you use the code um, PODISH, so P-O-D-I-S-H-19, uh, you can get 40% off on any Manning Books products. So, um, just a little, little thing there. If you want to get some reading for this new year started and you're looking at some Manning's books, you can save yourself 40% with that code. Okay. So, next up, we have our CFML jobs.
1: That's right. So, right now we have um, getcfmljobs.com. Over 60 cold fusion positions from 40 companies, 31 locations, 5 countries since July 1st. Two new jobs this week. There is a full-time software engineer in Roseville, California. Yep. And there is a contract position for a cold fusion developer in Omaha, Nebraska.
0: And since I wrote the notes, there's actually one more job. So there's a full-time Cold Fusion architect in Charleston south carolina as well that just got posted in the last probably half an hour or so so here we got another blog another job position for you so that makes it three for today for this week so um some good positions there and if you guys are looking for someone um as well you can also post a job there it's free um that's uh done by one of the members in the cold fusion community so we uh, appreciate that and, uh, if you haven't signed up to, they are, they do post on Twitter at jobs, So you can check them out as they, they come through. So good to, good to see that. Okay. So next up we have our Forgebox Module of the Week. So this one's an interesting one. Uh, this is Tin Eye, a coalbox box module by Sean Daniels and so the 10i api is ideally suited for image and profile verification ugc moderation copyright compliance and fraud detection so i always find it kind of interesting when they start using you know ai or computer algorithms to do some of this stuff um, and so this one basically will help you find an image and see where it's being used now it's funny because i used to work for a company uh, as a internet provider and i kid you not we found the exact complete rip-off of our website with a couple of things changed in Texas they just basically completely stripped everything out of our website and just changed like the phone number the email address and like one other thing and everything was exactly the same complete rip-off and it wasn't like it was a great site either <laughs> you know but they ripped off logos and everything they just changed like the city it was kind of kind of interesting and so you know things like this you know protect yourself and and whatnot kind of interesting so something like the MailChimp logo for example if you put this into this uh, to the system they'll actually go out and search and for this MailChimp logo you can see they found like 654 results but they searched 45.4 billion images and that's pretty impressive so uh the api ties into this service and there's some you know fees obviously associated with that but if you want to just try it out yourself you can just go to 10 and just either upload an image or paste uh, a url to an image and then it'll go ahead and search for you it'll tell you if it's found in collections or if it's in like stock photography or whatnot so, it's, it's pretty neat. And so, if you guys got a logo or you got a, a photo or something that you're done, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you can um, use that. So, it is up on ForgeBox um, as well. So, you can check that out. But I thought it was pretty neat. So, that's our ForgeBox module of the week. Have you ever had any copyright issues is there any of your cool photos, Eric?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have any cool photos or big. Big, things big enough for that but now i want to go paste in the cfcast logo it's oh. so new but i'm wondering if something's already started scraping it you know
0: scraping it or just maybe like linking to it to advertise it you know because that's the other thing too if you're wondering how many people are using your service it might be a way like if we throw in the Coldbox logo how many sites have the cold box logo for example and maybe they're you know talking about it referencing it etc or how many people have a similar logo to yours? If you're looking at designing a logo, sometimes it's good to throw a logo in there and see what's similar. Make sure you're not copying someone else too much. So,
1: or or if you're buying a logo from somebody, make sure they haven't sold it to somebody else.
0: Yeah, like that's that's more <laughs> what I was thinking too. A lot of those template companies, what Fiverr and stuff too. A lot of times, that you see the same intro video on every company out there because they use the same thing. But logos, you probably want to make sure it's a little more unique. Okay. So I see a lot of chat in there. Anything uh anything special there? And everyone's talking about uh, Jason. James and... is
1: telling some fun stories about how they had their site stripped like you talked about, um, with the cold box one, but they kept the company name in the source code.
0: Oh. And <laughs> so
1: they kept going to the hosting company and they could get the site taken down, right? After their claims were proven. Um so that's kind of a little funny anecdote. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is, you know, I know we got a lot of censorship going on in the news right now, which we'll try and keep out of. But um, one of one of my customers, I when I worked at that ISP, we had tons of hosting customers. Right, it was, you know, people could upload their sites via right, FTP, and we're I think we were one of GoDaddy's resellers at the time, but GoDaddy shut down one of our entire servers for a DCMA claim. And we're like, we're trying to figure out why. We couldn't, you know, what was going on. Couldn't get a hold of anybody. It was kind of a nightmare. And then we finally found out that someone's forum license had expired. And so they made a claim. And they shut down our entire server because of one website's form license. Oh, and I was like, man. are you kidding me? <laughs> For like a $50 a year license, you shut down our entire server? Like we're, like, we're out of here. Like, that's just not acceptable. I mean, you could have called us and said, hey, you know, your license now. Can you shut down the site? We would have said, sure. Or something. But yeah, yeah it's it was pretty crazy. So good times. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure everyone's got a few other stories about that type of stuff, too. But. Okay. So, hints, tips, and tricks of the week for VS Code. So, we've already mentioned this earlier in the show, but we think VS Code Day should be the hint, tip, of trick of the week. Because uh, one of the sessions is actually VS Code tips and tricks. So, you can't <laughs> get much better than that. So, you actually have someone who works on the core team showing you all their tips and tricks of VS Code. I think that would be a pretty big... Uh, pretty big station there, so um, yeah, I think it's a good thing, and again, it's kind of nice and bite-sized too, just a few hours you, know, you don't have to kill your whole day to to watch it, and it's showing after hours as well if you want to catch up later, so you can watch it in your free time
1: I think we should make a uh, like a, a watch party room on the Orta Slack channel that anybody wants to join can chat about it at the same time
0: well, that might be kind of fun And it is on the 27th. What day is... That's
1: a Wednesday. A
0: Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should. So, in the box team, we'll make a little channel and let you guys know. We can, you know, chit-chat a little bit in there. We'll probably learn a few things for the future. Hints and tips and tricks. So, yeah.
1: Things we want to bring over to the CFML and ColdBox and CommandBox extensions.
0: That is definitely a good point, Yep, There's lots of cool things we can make better, so you can't think of it yourself steal it from someone else and repurpose it for you okay so last but not least by no no means is our patreon supporters so these individuals personally support our open-source initiatives like this podcast command box forge box cold box taste box all the other great box products we have out there and even some of the bad ones just kidding
1: There are no bad Brocks products, only neglected ones.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're we're working hard here, Otis. I mean we're I know like aren't we upgrading our build processes for all our old products? We we figured out how many products you have when you gotta update them all, right? So.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're getting off of Travis, moving to GitHub Actions, trying to modernize into some task runners. But when you have, you know probably a hundred or more modules and libraries and all that. It takes a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so your support helps us with all those open source projects as well as this podcast. So we do thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you want to find out more about the Patreon supporters, you can go to patreon.com slash order solution. And you can also go to order solutions.com slash about dash us slash sponsors to see them all. But, just so you can listen to them right now, we're going to read off all the names.
1: Yes. A big thank you to Ben Nadal, Brett Deline, Carl Van Stenten, Charlie Earhart, Lee, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, DDA Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Edgardo Cabezas, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Kai Koenig, Laxma Tietrahati, Mario Rodriguez, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Odin, Stephen Klotz, John Wilson, and Yogesh Mathur. Thanks yeah. for sponsoring Order Solutions and all the work that we do here in this podcast.
0: Yep, and one more thing before we go, um, Charlie just reminded me, and I I, was, I missed this earlier, I'll add it to the new section for those reading the notes, but today is Flash's death day, so no longer supported in any modern browsers. And so, for some of you, you may not care. some of you may never used it um I know a lot of people that use Flex are kind of sad by the whole flash thing, but it does actually affect people because those who are still using uh c f twenty sixteen which is still not officially dead, it's still uh running um it does affect you because the server monitors uh um, working flash so um basically it's a a good time to update uh because the twenty eighteen does not use flash in the p m t um, you know, no Flash for years in Fusion Reactor or C-Fusion, but just wanted to let you know that if you're using 2016 and, you know, the new browser update breaks your server monitor, that's probably why, because Flash is now officially no longer supported by any modern browser.
1: Are there, are, is there like a browser out there that's going to stick to a version that still works with Flash? You I know don't, what I, mean? I
0: don't know. I know that they donated all the code to Apache and Apache's done a lot of work with certain things um so yeah adobe support from CF 2016 ends in february um and so oh wow that includes security updates so i'm pretty sure they're not gonna you know do anything there but yeah i'm not sure of any browser that still supports it um like i said it's one of those things i mean the funny thing is i still run into it periodically where i go on a site and i can't use something because it requires flash and i'm on my phone and but Anyway, so
1: maybe Opera. Opera does everything, right? Yeah, Is that still know. around? Yeah. No, you that's... remember the Opera browser?
0: Yeah. Um, I thought it was still maintained too. Like it's, I'm not sure.
1: I just remember it as the browser that whenever you'd complain about the browser, somebody would tell you that Opera does it, and Opera does it better. There's
0: <laughs> <laughs> always somebody like that or something. <laughs> Anyways, well hope everyone has a great week thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you all next week bye now bye show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like spotify or itunes we also have the link to youtube to find more videos just like this the music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and BlueTree Audio.